Welcome to Everyday Greatness, a nice little show proudly brought to you by major sponsor ARA Group, one of Australia's greatest supporters of community projects. Everyday Greatness is a show hosted by a real human being, talking to some real people about real human issues that will help make you feel proud again of simply being a good solid Joe Bag of Donuts. Here's your host, Barnaby Howarth. Welcome to Everyday Greatness and thanks for listening. I'm your host, Barnaby Howarth. This is a show designed to help people realise there is greatness in being in everyday Harry Sacker roles. People today are like Forrest Gump's box of chocolates. Some people seem as sweet as pie, but then they have no qualms about stealing 20 bucks out of their grandmother's purse to feather their own nest. Other people make themselves look pure, noble and gentle, but they'll be the first ones to throw women and children out of the way to get the first life jacket on a sinking ship. Thankfully, though, there are a few people who are just flat-out real people. They do what they say they're going to do. They act how they tell their kids they're going to act. And what they tell people behind their, what they tell people to their faces is exactly the same as what they say about them behind their backs. Basically, they're just not dickheads. My guest today isn't trying to be something he's not. He's exactly one of those real human beings. Paul Charles is a genuine, honest, hard-working, good man who loves his family. Being a real human being, though, doesn't make you immune from doing stupid things in your life, though. When Paul was 25, he was at a Bucks party and did a handrail slide that went drastically wrong. He fell five metres onto his head and had a stroke and was in a coma for 42 days. Before his stroke, Paul was dating a young lady named Rose. He was playing AFL for the Western Suburbs Magpies, and he worked at a bank. After the stroke, Paul's life was turned upside down. He's been left with major coordination issues, severe short-term memory issues, has partial epileptic fits, but Paul did exactly what real Aussie blokes do. He just kept on putting one foot in front of the other. Paul ended up marrying Rose and they have a 13-year-old boy together. He made an AFL comeback to play some AFL nines and he's held down a full-time position working at the bank for 17 years. Paul's life today is like that box of chocolates. He doesn't know what he's going to get next, but it doesn't faze him. He has a loving family and community around him. Paul almost died from his stroke, so he sees just being a real human being as a privilege. And it's my privilege today to say that Paul Charles joins me on Everyday Greatness. Paul, welcome and thank you for joining me. Lovely. Thank you, Barnaby. Pleasure to meet you. So, Paul, tell me about your stroke. Talk me through that handrail slide that went wrong. What happened? Uh, look, I was at a Bucks party, as you mentioned. Just uh, got, obviously had too much to drink. Thought it was a bit of fun to do a handrail slide down the down uh, down at the Randwick Racecourse, and uh, went horribly wrong, overbalanced, and fell 4.8 meters and landed on the concrete at the bottom. It sounds interesting. So when you came back to the world after your 42 days 
on yeah. on life support. What yeah. the path in front of you look like? Oh, it's basically you have to relearn to read, not read, but write, walk, especially. Uh, a lot of the basic skills that we take for granted, you had to re, re-educate yourself to do again. Uh, reading was one of them as well. So yeah, it was quite, um, you almost go back to your infant stage. Sounds like a long road. So did you yeah, think, did you think you had what you needed to get back to the life you wanted to live? I, uh, yeah, I did. I always had a, had a the determination to do it. Like not, not everything went the way you wanted to first time, but I just kept getting myself back up and doing it again, doing it again until, until I got it right. And you obviously take on feedback from people because they'll say, Hey, you didn't do this right. Have you tried this? Have you tried that? And then eventually you get it right. So how important was it to you? That you had a huge community behind you, the Sydney AFL community, and a yeah. loving family to help you through all that do it again, do it again stuff. Yeah, it was amazing. Really was. And it wasn't without its ups and downs. I, I had a, a few word, harsh words to say to my father about doing it. And, um, he was like, mate, I don't care. You just get back and do it. So, uh, it was a bit of, bit of, bit of a harsh, tough love as such, but it was good. Uh, then, you know, all my mates from football, even people from opposition clubs, such as yourself, but, uh, you know, they were there and everyone was friendly and were happy to help out, knew what had happened and, yeah, just worked with me and away we went. Did the mental habits and the work ethic you'd built up from playing AFL help you in your stroke recovery when it got frustrating and you just had to keep doing those little things? Yeah, it did actually, yes. Yeah, very much so. Uh, you know, I, I relate it back to a lot of pre-season when you don't want to be running, you don't want to be doing the 400s and the, the 200s and the 800s. You, you know, you want to be taking them easy and just kick the footy, but you've got to put in that extra effort every time to get, get to where you want to be. And I'm not saying I'm perfect, but you know, I've still got my gaps and my flaws, but I work with it and work within my limits and still strive for the best I can be each and every day. In saying all that, that you've got gaps and you're not perfect, you you weren't any certainty to, to survive. How much does it mean to you that your girlfriend Rose stuck by you after your accident when there was no oh, certainty you'd survive? Correct, yeah, it means the world to me actually. So it's, um, you know, it would have been easy for her to say, hey, look, I'm, I'm not married to him. We were just, you know, boyfriends and girl, boyfriend and girlfriend. And she sort of said, or she could have said, hey, this is too hard for me. I'm, I'm out of here. But she stuck by me, supported me, helped me with my rehabilitation. Uh, my parents live on the Central Coast, so when when I was allowed out on weekends out of the hospital, Rose would finish work on a Friday and drive me up on the uh, on the Friday night, then come back on the Sunday night as well. So it was, she was always there for me, always supporting. So it was uh, it meant a lot to me. 
you used to be boyfriend and girlfriend, but you are now husband and wife. Yep. Tell, me, tell me about your wedding day. Did it have extra <laughs> significance given your oh, action? Yeah, it did. Uh, it was, um, I can still remember this. A lot of my mates give me a hard time about it, but I cried when, when Rose walked down the aisle. I just, it's a lot of things that the doctors had said to, the, to my parents. Oh, look, we give him less than a week to, to survive and things like that. And then all of a sudden you think, well, here I am. I've, you know, I've got a job. I'm, I'm getting married. I'm doing the normal things that you would expect to be doing, if that makes any sense. And here I am getting married and yeah, it was, it was great after all we did together. It was, it was, it was a great day, fantastic day. And yeah, it's, it's been happy ever since. So it's been good. She sounds like an incredible woman and a very lucky woman as you are a lucky <laughs> man. Yeah. Yes, true, true. Yeah, has it up, has its ups and downs, but look, it's you know like most marriages do. But look, it, it's been good so far. We're we're pretty strong for each other. So exactly right. Yeah, you're not you're not Robinson Crusoe having an up and down married life. <laughs> so you weren't able to make a full AFL comeback due to insurance policies, but yep, you did yep. play some AFL nines. I how, did. Yeah. How did it feel to be running around chasing a kick again after your accident? Oh. I loved it. I loved it. So, well, I'll, I'll go back a bit. I went back. Originally, I tried to play football, but the your mental, your state is you want to do it, but your body, your coordination doesn't allow you to do it. So, I went back and I was a runner, and I was probably the most excited runner to be out on the field. I just ran all day, encouraging, encouraging. So, it was uh, it was good fun, and then. Went on, I played nines, I, I barreled fun with the nines. It, it's good because it's no, it's non-contact as such. So it's, and most of the P players are, we're all sort of about the same age. So it's, um, it's, it's, I really enjoy it. I enjoy the fitness side of things and it's a, it's a good bit of fun as well. A lot of ex-football players have a dabble in umpiring at some stage. Did you yeah. give that a crack and how would, how did that come about? I did, I did, yeah. I, um, well, back on, I was the runner for the Western Suburbs under, I think that was 17s or under 19s team. And we were playing out at Macquarie Fields. And as you know, but it's a big field out there at Campbelltown. And, uh, the, they had, there was an actual, ump, only a single umpire doing the whole field. And, uh, he was starting to struggle. And I said to, to our coach, half time, look, if it's all right, Ask the other coach if he'll let me umpire and I'll just help, help this, help the gentleman out. Anyway, as it happened, they said, yeah, it did. Like, they, they let me do it. So I went out there and did it. Then I did the, uh, umpire's course, which is, umpire's course, which is an online course. Uh, quite interesting, but then did it and, uh, got back into umpiring. And then as you can probably gather with the community club, you, you go and do one game, then, oh, can you stay and do this game? Can you stay and do that game? And away it went from there. So I umpired for a full year. It was good fun. I enjoyed it. So it was probably a bit, uh, bit easy going with the decisions, but um, it was good fun. Too nice, bloke. So yeah. <laughs> you sound like you've got everything more or less under control, working full time, going and watching footy. 
yeah. holding down a holding down a marriage and a, bring up a young child. Do yeah, you still have yeah. any lingering problems from your stroke, though? Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah, a lot of a lot of memory issues. And how do they affect and, you day um, to day? Sorry. How do those memory problems affect you day to day? Yeah, like I, I originally like I when it all when the accident happened and moved, got on with life and. I didn't, you know, you sort of get to the stage of that, I don't need help, I don't need help, I can do this. And I would, I'd be ringing people up as part of my job and then they'd ring me back a couple of, say, an hour later. Oh, Paul, it's, um, for example, oh, it's Barnaby Helps just returning your call. i say, oh, yeah, great, thanks, Barnaby. And he'd say, well, what were you calling me about? And I'm like, I have no idea. No idea. So I... I worked with uh, my father, who's a very he's a successful businessman, and I noticed that he had a notebook. He'd write down all his phone calls every day, and you just say so that you give yourself a note. So I write down, you know, I write every day before I start work. I write today's date, so fifteenth of March, highlight it so you know what day it is, and then I write down Barnaby, and then I just pull the note what I called him about. I'll say, oh. We've got an interview coming up, or well, Barnaby wanted to know about this, so I can just quickly update him, and away you go. So it sounds very um, worthwhile, and I, I feel your pain very much. So, yeah. Do you ever so, get really down and complain that it's just not fair? You have your everyday challenges to deal with, raising a young yeah. family, and dealing yeah. with stroke recovery as well. Does it ever get too much for you? Oh, it it does. Yeah, you have your days and your. And you, you know, you think, oh, why me? Why, why does this have to happen to me? And, you know, what, why, why couldn't it happen to somebody else? But in a, in a, in a nice way, I would, I would never wish what happened to me on anybody else. And I'm, I'm glad it's got me because I've got the determination and the, the want to, to, not to beat it. I suppose I'm never going to beat up. I've got to just accept it as part of my life and work within it. That sounds very realistic. So has yeah. just being a real human being been enough to help you deal with your challenges or do you ever wish you had something extra, something more powerful? Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I suppose that's a, yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, everyone has their wants in life. I've always been a pretty basic sort of a bloke. Um, I'm, I'm happy or more than happy to work as hard as I can for as long as I can, uh, to, to, you know, I'm, I was never going to be a, a CEO of a bank or anyone like that. So it was, I've just, I'm happy within myself. I still strive for things and work as hard as I can every day. Well, Paul Charles, that is an inspiring thing to say, and I'm really glad I spoke to you. I think a lot of people in today's world think they have to be the best, and to be the best, they've got to work harder than everybody else and bring down the opposition. Yeah. But just being comfortable, yeah. just being happy in your own skin yeah. can get you ahead. And that's exactly where you yeah. are. And I want to thank yeah. you for joining us on Everyday Greatness. No worries at all, Barnaby. Thank you very much for having me. No problem. And thank you to the ARA Group for being our major sponsor. Thank you to Look Studio Australia for recording this podcast and thank you all for listening. I hope that when you put your device down in a little while, you lift your head up, push your shoulders back 
and walk down the street proud of bringing an everyday Joe bag of donuts. I hope you can join us next week where I'll be speaking to Michael Talbot, whose drive as a child to be the perfect athlete led him to eating disorders. Now Michael's living a normal life as a husband and father that a lot of people consider to be perfect. Thank you again for listening, and thank you again, Paul, for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Everyday Greatness, proudly brought to you by major sponsor ARA Group. If you'd like to stay up to date, check out our pages on Facebook and Instagram, or to listen to more episodes, go to everydaygreatness.com.au or wherever you get your podcasts.